Hi there, my name is Mary Kilolea. Welcome to the To Be Boulder podcast, providing career insights for the next generation of women in business and tech. To Be Boulder was created out of my love for technology and marketing, my desire to bring together like-minded women, and my hope to be a great role model and source of inspiration for my two girls and other young women like you. Encouraging you guys to show up and to be bolder and to know that anything you guys dream of, it's totally possible. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we are joined by Chief People and Administrative Officer at First Tech Federal Credit Union, Monique Little. Monique works in the financial services industry, building engaged and high-performing teams and delivering business results. She is skilled in management, leadership, succession planning, organization design, and talent development. Monique has led key organizational activities, including human resources, training and development, corporate communications, philanthropic activities, corporate real estate, deposit and payment services, fraud prevention, and a wide range of banking operations and shared services. Monique is a graduate of Oregon State University, received her HR certification from Portland State, lives in Oregon with her husband and two children. She is a big Oregon State Beavers fan and loves going down to all the sporting events, enjoys tennis and spending time with friends. Monique, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for the invitation, Mary. It's great to be with you today. Okay, so as the Chief People and Administrative Officer, you have a huge amount of responsibility. Human resources, learning and organizational development, corporate communications, community and philanthropic engagement, real estate planning, workplace services, deposit payments and fraud operations, record management, and administrative support services. Wow, that is so much. (laughs) One, how do you do it? And two, what do you love best about your role? Well, it is it, it is a long list, and and I'm I'm gifted with a tremendous leadership team that gets to to help me with that. But it's really a dynamic role to be in. I mean, obviously, yeah. with so many different functions, right? There's lots of variety, and I think the thing that I have found that's so exciting is that I have the opportunity. Um, to do something different every day. You know, today I might deal with one topic, tomorrow it might be something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but from that variety comes an opportunity to learn all the time. So every day I, you know, I really feel like I get to learn something new. Um, and I, that's exciting. It makes work exciting. That's very cool. Um, when you look at your career journey, you know, and what led you here, all the various roles, is there anything that you can say best prepared you for where you are now? Well, well, I, I think the thing as I reflect back is having a growth mindset. Mm. I, I started my career in human resources. And, you know, as you rattled off that list of of things that I have the opportunity to to work with today. Um, and the different disciplines um, that you know I spend my time working in, it, it's required a, a lot of learning. There have been a lot of learning curves throughout mm-hmm. my career, um, and so I think that that's been a, a big piece of it. That growth mindset, and I think the other part that's been really, really valuable to me is you know really making a concerted effort to develop my skills as a manager and leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's been a really important part, I think, of my journey of, of, of the opportunities that, that have been given to me throughout my career is learning how to be a good manager and learning how to be a good leader. Because they're two different things, but they're yeah. both really, really important. They are two different things. 
Are all good managers leaders? No. Right, right. Really understanding, uh, you know, the difference and understanding. um, I I think the other part of that, Mary, is having self-awareness. You know, sometimes it's really hard to look in the mirror and realize what you're good at and where you have gaps and opportunities to improve. Um, And so that was another thing. I think that was a gift to me early in my career is having having managers and leaders Mm. um, who were willing to give me feedback and, you know, help me look in the mirror and learn, uh, learn about my strengths, but also learn where I needed to grow. Um, And, and that's really made a difference. And and you got, you got to keep doing it too, you know, be willing to sort of be vulnerable and continue to learn about yourself and have that self-awareness because throughout your career, things change and the dynamics change. Um, and you have to adapt to that. Yeah, to totally, totally agree. And being receptive to feedback is key for listeners wanting to have a similar career as you and maybe not take on everything as you, but is there a recommended like career path or strategy? Wow. Well, I, I never would have imagined myself, you know, in, in the role that I'm in today and doing some of the things I'm doing. I think it goes back to that growth mindset mm-hmm. um, and being willing to learn. I think it's also about risk-taking and being willing to raise your hand and try some new things throughout your career. And, and you know, and that really, I will attribute, you know, some of the opportunities that I have had to being in a situation where I had an opportunity to raise my hand and I did it. Um, and you know, I was given the chance to try something. Um, and, and then you've got to actually be successful in doing it. Um, but, but I think that that's been really, really key. So I would say, you know, that growth mindset, but also being willing to stretch yourself and take some of those risks and raise your hand. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe even in times that you don't think I, I check all the boxes and, and have the ability and the experiences to do it, do it anyway. Right. Great advice. As business women, we always need to be growing, like you've mentioned. What are some of your go-to resources for staying relevant? Mm. Yeah, that, and it's really important to stay relevant. I, I think one of the things that I did early on in my career and that I've continued to do is you know, find those professional groups, those organizations, associations that are going to provide education, provide information, but also be a network to you. I've always had one or more professional groups that I've belonged to since, you know, the first couple of years that I started in HR. And, you know, now those have evolved um, to other types of groups. So I think that's been really, really important. Uh, and then, and then with that growth mindset, be willing to, you know, read and continue to learn. I subscribe to a lot of the, you know, trade online trade publications, Um, and I'm embarrassed to admit, but the wall street still gets delivered to my house every day. (laughs) Um, and I know I can read it online, but again, those are, you know, some of the things that, um, you've just got to make the time to do to make sure that you kind of have an understanding of the landscape and more importantly, within your role to have context, because Mm -hmm. you can know about your organization and the discipline that you're in and the work that's going on in your company, but it's even better if you have context and you have a sense of what's going on outside of your organization. How do you make tough decisions and not damage your company culture? Wow, that's important. Um, And and that's a tough question. I I think, Mary, that really communication, it comes down to communication. Mm -hmm. And it's 
it's two-way communication. So I, I think first and foremost, when you're making those tough decisions, it's inviting others to the table to offer insight, to offer input and perspective. And you may still make the same decision, but at least they got to be part of the journey. Mm. Um, and you know, it helps bring people along. And then I think the other thing about the decision-making that I have found is being able to articulate to folks at the end of the day, the decision about why you made it and what's in it for them. Again, so that you can bring them along. And, and I think, you know, I've had the opportunity to be part of some transformational initiatives Mm -hmm. um, throughout my career, mergers and acquisitions and, you know, wholesale changes in, you know, a technology platform that is really disruptive, a change in, you know, CEO, you know, all, all of those kinds of things, um, that can really, really change the culture and sometimes not in a good way, right. It could be very damaging. And I think the constant thread for me has been that communication and being very planful, being very purposeful mm-hmm. um, and bringing people along because people just, they want to be part of it um, and they want to understand why. And so I think that for me has been an important lesson to learn throughout my career. And I keep that close in the decision-making as, you know, have I brought in all the right stakeholders? Have mm-hmm. I listened? And then how how do I message that decision after it's been made? And that's so important to think all those elements through. And many of us that are listening, including myself, you know, we don't create company culture. We adapt to it or we play our role within it. What is it like to be the driver of the culture shaping When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Well, I actually, I'm I'm going to respectfully disagree with you because I I think, you know, I can be a shepherd and I can be an influencer, but at the end of the day, everybody affects the culture and every leader in the organization Mm -hmm. um, is a keeper of the culture and an influencer of that culture. So I really believe that, you know, my role is to empower and and help those people um, because they're going to make the biggest impact. They touch their people day in and day out. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, we have 1600 employees in our organization and they're geographically spread throughout multiple states. Mm -hmm. I can't reach each and every one of those people. But what I can do is I I can influence and I can support and I can foster the -hmm. relationship with all those leaders that touch those people each and every day. Throughout your career, how have you pushed through self-doubt or pushed through discomfort to achieve something that's um, had a positive outcome? Ooh, I've had a lot of those moments, <laughs> uh, both self-doubt and, and, uh, and the discomfort that, that comes with, with the risk-taking piece, I guess. Um, a lot of it has been about the support system mm-hmm. um, that I have helped, you know, pull people into my 
my circle, if you will. Um, you know, some of those are professional people. Some of those are, um, you know, I have former CEOs that I've worked for uh, throughout my career that I still have a relationship with. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of go-to people when, you know, I, I just, I need a little pickup mm-hmm. um, and maybe some reinforcement. Um, it's my family, you know, it's, it's my friend group. So I tap into that support system anytime that I'm, you know, maybe navigating something really challenging where I'm just not sure, where I'm feeling uncomfortable, where I'm having those, you know, I'm I'm second guessing myself to help me through, you know, those times. And I think we all need that. You know, we all need that safe space mm-hmm. um, where we can process uh, and we can work through, you know, big changes. And that's the challenge, I think, that I've discovered when you get into, you know, executive leadership is you kind of can't show that all mm-hmm. the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, they're looking to you. They're looking to you to lead by example. They're looking to see mm-hmm. how you react, how you respond in a, in a particular situation. And, you know, you kind of need to have it together. Um, <laughs> but we are all human and we right. need to process. And so, you know, finding a space and uh, the people um, that can be in that space with you and help you through those moments um, makes a huge difference. So every business is different and has specific skills, you know, that correlate to their needs. But when you look at core personal skills, what do you look for in particular? Well, I'm going to go back to, uh, I think a term that I've used a lot with, the, which is the growth mindset, right? Uh-huh. I, you know, I think it's just a really important thing for somebody to bring. If you're yeah. coming into an organization like ours, that's constantly changing. It's evolving. It's growing quickly. There's a lot, it's high energy, um, growth mindset, you know, and and then I think that, um, that, that demonstrated energy and engagement, um, to me makes a difference. You know, I've discovered something, you know, over the last year or two that, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about, you know, the value of, of diversity in the workplace and, you know, bringing people that have these different experiences and backgrounds Mm and lived experiences and perspectives. Um, And in our organization, you know, we're using the language culture ad um, because, you know, we used to say culture fit all the time. Um, And it's like, you know, the fitting in part is, is really not about diversity. Um, but the culture ad is about, you know, how are you going to add and enhance what we have? And so I think anybody that's coming in with that, that growth mindset and, and that just that engagement that wants to get engaged and be in the game, um, I think it's going to be a tremendous culture ad and they're going to bring all of those experiences to bear. That's going to make the organization better. So you built the successful career. What drives you? What gets you out of bed? Oh gosh, you know, it's two things really. Uh, it it is the opportunity to make a difference in the lives mm-hmm. of the people that I get to work with. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean there is nothing more rewarding than uh watching, you know, somebody just excel in their career um and get opportunities and be recognized. You know, just last week uh I had a, a member of my team that I had the opportunity to actually hire. Uh, about seven years ago, and he came into the organization, uh, you know, a little bit green, but, you know, a a young manager um, into the HR team. And uh, he just got recognized with a VP promotion last week. Uh. 
And, you know, I know that there were a lot of people that had a part in that, but to think that I, I probably played a little bit of a part in that too, you know, Mm -hmm. it was so exciting and so rewarding. Um, And, and I think the other P on the other side is that, you know, the, the success that I have been able to realize in my career has afforded my family the opportunity to thrive and, and grow in, in ways that I hadn't imagined, mm. right? I mean, it's created experiences that I can share with my family. And so, you know, the personal side has been rewarding as a result of some of the choices and the opportunities that my career has presented to me. I imagine there's been roadblocks to um, potentially advancing your careers over the year. How did you navigate roadblocks or challenging situations that you didn't expect? Yeah. Well, I I would like to think of them as speed bumps, Um, (laughs) you know, because, you know, the the good news is I've I've navigated them Mm -hmm. because I'm here now. uh, And as I look back, you know, I I worked through them in one way or another. Um, Again, a lot of that was going back to that circle, that Mm -hmm. that network, that support Mm -hmm. group um, to get through those challenging times. Some of it was also being brave enough to have the hard conversations, Um, you know, and, and as a woman and as a mom, you know, I think back about the turning point in my career where I had a lot of opportunity to excel, but I was also ready to start a family. Mm -hmm. Um, And those two things just didn't seem like they could coexist. Um, And so I, I, you know, had to sort of suck up all my, my nerves and, and um, go in and talk to the CEO and and say, you know, this is what's happening, you know, in my life. And, and I'm 110% committed. I'm excited about this work that I'm doing. Um, but I need to find a way to make this all work. And can you help me? And, you know, the good news is he's like, Absolutely, because I don't want you to leave. So, you know, let's 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 chart a course that, you know, where it can be a win-win. And I've had several of those times in my career where I had to have that conversation. And uh, you know, thankfully I I was able to come out of those conversations and find a path forward um, that that worked. That's great. If you were starting out in HR today, is there anything that you would do differently? Nothing major. I, mm. I mean, I'm I'm almost embarrassed to say that. I I, I really feel so fortunate the way mm. that my career unfolded and the opportunities that people saw in me and then gave me. You know, I, I think the thing that I have counseled others over the years, I've had the benefit of of you know having interns and working with a lot of young people coming out of college, and you know, it's don't get too focused too quickly. You know, in the field of human resources in particular, you know, there's compensation and benefits, there's employee relations, there's recruiting and, you know, staffing and talent and, you know, development. There there are a lot of aspects. And if you jump in and just do one and master one, but not expose yourself to the others, I think you're going to shortchange yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, So that would be my, my counsel is, you know, cross train, be, be open to continuous learning and, you know, don't get too focused too quickly. Yeah, that's great advice. And that's that's kind of the approach I've taken is trying multiple roles within marketing. And when you're on the outside and you step inside to a corporation, there's just so many opportunities within the area of your 
core interest that you don't know that, you know, you, you never know unless you try or familiarize yourself with that segment of the business. And even if you decide to focus, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to be better at that, that discipline because you've had, you know, that perspective, that context, um, outside. Yeah, absolutely. When you reflect back on your career, what are you most proud of? I would have to say it's being able to see that I made a difference whether it was with a person, you know, a team and, and being part of some, some pretty exciting, you know, initiatives throughout my career where I actually got to contribute, you know, to, to the end result, or I got to lead the initiative. So, you know, it's been those, the accumulation of those wins that I reflect back. And I'm, I'm really proud of that, that I got to make a difference in some way, shape or form. That's awesome. What are your, let's say three top tips that you might give women on networking? Oh, I love to network. People that know me know that I, I'm just, you know, I'm a people person at, at the core and I love to make connections. And, you know, I've even introduced three couples who are now happily married. So, you know, so networking, so is, you're good at it. I think it's a ton of fun. Um, but you know, I think it's starting where you're comfortable, right. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, and it could be, you know, networking on a personal level with, you know, with an interest group that you have, you know, tennis friends or wh- whatever that is, mm-hmm. but, but start to build those skills, you know, in that safe space where you're comfortable and, and something that you're passionate about. So I think that's the first step. And then, you know, I also think it's, it's build on it, build on the people that you make connections with, to introduce new connections. I love the sort of the Kevin Bacon thing where it's like, you know, somebody who knows somebody. I love doing that. I love trying to find a way to jump off of a connection that I have made to build a new one from that. And because it's, it's a little bit easier to do than just, you know, sort of going blind and cold calling somebody or, uh, you know, starting from scratch. And I think the third tip I would say, Mary, is um, your network needs care and feeding. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to have a network, then give it some care and feeding. You know, I will text, well, you know, before COVID, I would um, schedule lunch dates or a coffee connect um, with people, different people in my network. And, you know, it could be people from my past in my career. It could be people that work in the industry, but it's take the time to do some outreach. Today, I shoot an email off. Um, to somebody whom I haven't talked to, I might pick up the phone and call them, but you've got to give some care and feeding to that network um, because you never know when you're going to need to tap into it. I think so many people get busy with busy work that they don't carve out time for what you're talking about. Yeah. I actually put stuff on my calendar, Mm -hmm. you know, and I wouldn't say that I'm the person who, you know, blocks out every single week, but Mm -hmm. I make sure that every month Um, there is a time that's been carved out again for that coffee connect, um, to, you know, make a phone call or, or do a zoom call with, you know, somebody that I haven't, um, spoken with in a while, send a couple of emails off, you know, maybe go into LinkedIn and, you know, shoot some notes off to some folks in my extended network. So you've just got to be really purposeful about it. Right. Totally agree. What does to be bolder mean to you? Oh, you know what? I love the to be bolder. I, 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 I just love that. I love how you came up with that. I think it's, well, it's, I think it's 
risk-taking. Mm-hmm. Um, to be bolder is definitely about risk-taking. I think it's about finding the things that you can do to be more courageous, right? Again, it could be, I'm going to expand that safe circle. It could be, you know, I'm going to, you know, take this class in an area that is totally outside of what I do today, just to learn something new, right? It could be raising your hand and trying something new in your job. I, I think it can show up in a lot of ways, but it's coming up with, you know, what are the things that I can do today that are going to stretch me and help me become a more courageous person, help me to be bolder. Love it. Love it. Let's talk for a minute about the HR certification that you took and um, what you learned from that and how valuable that was to the trajectory of your career. Oh, I'm glad you're you're asking that question because I, I think you know, today uh, there are a lot of programs at universities that actually focus on human resources. Um, but, you know, in the early days of my career, when I was in college, <laughs> we won't talk about when that was, um, you know, they just didn't have those programs. And so um, when I started my career, I found the certification program at Portland State in particular. And, you know, while learning on the job is is great and, you know, learning from people is great, Again, I think it's that different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's the academic knowledge and there's the practical. And so it was invaluable to me that I made that decision right out of the gate when I started in, in HR. Um, and I was actually working over an hour outside of Portland um, at the time and for a company. And, I, you know, I said to my boss that, you know, hey, I know I really love HR. I was brand new into the field. I said, I really don't have a lot of academic experience and I'd really like to learn more. So I want to enroll in this program. And thankfully they supported it, but I had to drive up like every night and go through the certification program. But what I learned from other practitioners in the field and then from experts who were teaching the the course and how I could bring that back Mm -hmm. um, actually launched my career in HR. I mean, because I, I actually was able to add value early on in my career that I wouldn't otherwise have been able to contribute had I just started the job and then not gone that extra step. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course I, I ended up getting, you know, certified um, through the society for human resource management um, later on in my HR career. And once again, you know, it, that was a, a point to be able to bring back this perspective outside of my company and, you know, some academic knowledge and, and then be able to, to take that and do something with it. So it, it was incredibly helpful. And then what drove you to shift into more of the operational? What was the draw there? Well, that was after, you know, having spent a lot of time, again, really focusing on leadership and management. Mm-hmm. And while I admittedly, you know, was not an expert in areas of operations, you know, how to prevent fraud, payment operations, all this banking operations. I mean, I've worked around it my whole career in financial services, but what I was confident in is that I could bring the leadership and manager and management aspect and that I could hire the right people, but that I could develop and and set people up for success to really help the operations excel. And I think I've been able to do some of that, you know, because of the great people that I've, that I've brought in along the way um, to work alongside and that I can learn from in the process. And now, 
you know, I know enough to be dangerous, <laughs> but I'm certainly not an expert yet. <laughs> Monique, how could someone get a hold of you? People are welcome to reach out in LinkedIn uh, because I love building connections. So <laughs> love to hear, uh, message me on LinkedIn, um, give me a friend invitation. Thank you so much, Monique. Thanks, Mary. Take care. Thanks for listening to the episode today. It was really fun chatting with my guest. If you liked our show, please like it and share it with your friends. If you want to learn what we're up to, please go check out our website at 2bbolder.com. That's the number two, little b, boulder.com.